don't don't be too concerned. You know, I think when you're young, you get too concerned with this whole career thing. Whereas what you should be concerned with is who, who are my mentors, who am I learning from? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mentors Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Wetrick. Here on this show, we talk to luminaries from around the world to discuss their journey towards success and what wisdom they have to offer the younger generation. Each episode, we have on a new guest, a new story, and a new path towards personal success. I hope you're ready, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mentors Podcast. Today, we have on Brad Sugars. Brad is the founder of the Action Coach franchise, a company that is internationally recognized as the leading global business coaching firm and one of the leading and most awarded franchises in the world today. Brad Sugars is a successful businessman, and in this episode, he really opened my eyes to not only having a business work for you, but why I should be investing my time learning about money. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mentors Podcast. Today, we have on Brad Sugars. Brad, thank you so much for being on. Hey, it's wonderful to be here. I am so excited to have you doing research over you. You are such an amazing person. And one question that I always ask my guests in the very beginning is what is your origin story? Where did you start out and how do you get to where you are today? You know, uh, people will be able to tell by the accent. I'm Australian, obviously. Um, I live here in Las Vegas now with my wife and our five kids. And uh, I grew up basically getting into businesses. Uh, I was just always trying to do something to make a bit extra money to do all that sort of stuff. And I remember it vividly. I was 13 years old when I decided I was going to be rich um, because we moved from Darwin in Australia to Adelaide. And uh, if you, in Darwin, it's very hot all year round. So you wear a pair of shorts and sometimes the kids there don't even, didn't even wear shoes to school. It was kind of a bit of a country area. And uh, when you went to Adelaide, you had to be cool. You had to fit in. And I'm going to age myself right here. You had to have Levi's 501 jeans. If you didn't have Levi's 501, you were not cool. And we did, um, and I did not have those. My mom bought me and my brother's corduroy jeans from Kmart. And uh, no, the problem with corduroy, though, is when you walk, if your legs touch, you make that sound. So I remember at the age 13, getting into a bit of a scuffle at school. Me and my brothers were a little bit uh, crazy back then. And uh, I still remember going home and cutting up those jeans, blaming the jeans, going, I'm never going to not have enough money to get whatever I want ever again. So I've been in business myself since I was uh, sort of 13, 14. I started getting jobs and business at 15. And uh, since then, I've owned and operated about 60 companies. I still run eight companies today that I uh, just got off a board meeting just now. And, uh, but I do that in two days a week. So I work Tuesdays and Thursdays, hence why we're doing this on a Tuesday, because they're the only two days a week I work. I uh, enjoy my life the rest of the time. It's no use making a lot of money and not enjoying it. Oh, no, definitely. That is so interesting when you talk about being 13, 14, deciding you don't want to be not wealthy. Mm -hmm. And you just were determined from then on out. And you've grown to build so many amazing businesses and companies and really a reputation for yourself. But my question is, is like, do you ever burn out or have you ever burnt out? That's something that I'm oh, concerned yeah. being a young entrepreneur. I get scared. I'm like, what if I'm going to fall out of this in 10 years? And I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm at 30. <laughs> well, you are. This is the thing. You're going to have five or six different careers over your lifetime. You're not going to just have one career in a lifetime. You'll do one career for 10, maybe 20 years. You'll do another one for 10 years, another one for five. Don't, don't be too concerned. You know, I think when you're young, you get too concerned with this whole career thing. Whereas what you should be concerned with is who, who are my mentors? Who am I learning from? Because you've got to set up a whole lifetime. See, the, the process basically works is learn, earn, return. Uh, 
So I got to learn first. So my first five jobs should be about what I can learn. My first five jobs is finding a company I can work for where they got great mentors, great education programs, great training programs. Because as much as we learn in college and, and that sort of stuff, I think the most I learned in college was how to drink beer and how to survive on $2 plates of French fries and gravy. Um, you know, that, that was the thing, but I still learned a bunch. I was an accountant by training, so I went to college and became an accountant. I never worked as an accountant because uh, I was always in business myself. I burnt out, I think I was 10 years into uh, my company Action Coach, and I remember vividly being at a conference with all of our people, and I'm just standing there, and I thought, I just kind of want to punch them all in the face. And, and, and it was just like, what am I doing? Why am I even here? I, I've got enough money. I don't need to be here. I'm just going to retire for a bit. So I did. I retired for four years, went away and enjoyed life. And he was a full-time dad for those four years. And, uh, you know, I went and ran a couple of charities. Uh, but, but, you know, yeah, you, there'll be a possibility of burnout, but don't be afraid of it. Set yourself up that if burnout does happen, you've got the financial side of it taken care of so you don't have to worry about it. Finances shouldn't take you more than 10 to 15 years of your life to get sorted. Um, if it takes your entire life and you've got to keep working your entire life for money, then you've, you've not learned money. Mm. And how did you learn money? Because that's a very interesting concept. Like, I'm in college right now. I have to take a personal finance class. Mm-hmm. And no one cares about it. Like, in high school, it's like, well, we want to learn how to do our own taxes. We want to learn how to invest in stocks. And now it's the first required class you have in college, and everyone blows it off. So yeah. how, do you, how did you learn money? Well, I was lucky at age 16, I won the Rotary Youth Leadership Award in my area. And so they sent me away for a week long course on how to be successful and how to be a leader. And so I started reading books on success and leadership at 16 years old. I went and met uh, and saw Jim Rohn speak, who's one of the godfathers of the whole movement of uh, philosophy of success. And Rohn is spelled R-O-H-N for anyone wanting to look it up. And I, I sat and kept reading and kept learning. And I think um, when I met Robert Kiyosaki and he asked me to teach business and Robert's famous now for writing Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then I met his partner, Sharon, who actually wrote the book. Robert invented the board game and stuff. And I just kept studying it because uh, Jim Rohn said to me at 16, and this is where I went with that story. Jim Rohn said, son, if you want to be successful, it's real simple. Read a book a week for the rest of your life. And... Um, you know, it's, it's not that complex. If you want to be successful, study success. You want to be happy, study happiness. You want to be rich, study money. It, it, it's not complex the way the world works. There are no secrets to success. They're all in books and on podcasts. Hey, keep doing it. If you, this is the first time with Ava, make sure you subscribe. Don't just listen one time. Subscribe. Listen through all of them. You know, go back and download all the old ones. You got to keep doing that. But you know, you cannot out-earn your learning. There's no two ways about it. If you've only ever learned to make 100 grand a year, the most you'll ever make is 100 grand a year. And college prepares you for a 50 to 100 grand a year income. That's what college prepares you for. It's the learning you do after college that prepares you for the millions and, and so on. Yeah, no, definitely. It's always interesting hearing about, because you were especially at a young age, already learning and already growing. Mm. These people who you were just mentioning at age 16, did they become lifelong mentors or were they the start of a whole, like a whole internal movement in yourself to keep learning, keep learning from other people? Yeah, I think there was the movement. You know, the yearn to learn is something that I believe all successful people have. They just never stop, never stop reading, never stop learning. 
you know, it's funny, Jim Rohn used to tell us, no one will do your reading for you. And now with Audible, yes, they do, Jim. They read it to me. Um, you know, every time I'm at the gym, I got a book on. Every time I'm in the car, I'm listening to an audio book. I'm learning still today uh, because, you, you know, you got to sharpen the sword. You got to keep there. You got to keep thinking and keep growing. Um, you know, it's, it's the second law of thermonuclear dynamics. It's kind of a big word for a simple thing that says a tree is either growing or dying. And so are you as a person and so is your knowledge. You know, if, if the tree stops growing, it starts dying. If, you're, if your knowledge stops growing, it starts dying because the market catches and, and beats you. So I think for me, I, I look back at it and every generation has been different. And, uh, you know... If I go back, my parents' generation, the baby boomers, you know, the baby boom generation were the first generation, or the last generation, let's put it this way, they were the last generation to fix holes in their jeans and darn their socks, you know? Um, and so my generation was the last generation to have shop class and home economics in school, you know, and make things, work with your hands, build stuff type thing. You know, we go through to where, you know, you and your generation are at, and we've gone from a generation that fixed everything, the baby boomers, right through to a generation now where nothing gets fixed, it gets thrown out and replaced. And so we see generational shifts, and every generation has been called the worst and laziest generation by a generation two in advance of it. So that's what I keep hearing people saying, oh, millennials are the worst generation, really? You grew up in the 60s. You guys were literally the actual worst generation of, of, of the history of, of time. Because I, I sit down, I look at it, everyone does things in different ways. And uh, what you and your generation are learning today will place you so far and so fast in advance of so many of that generation who keep linear thinking. And they're in a linear thinking mode, whereas you know we're learning exponential thinking mode. And that's, you know, my latest book is all about exponential business, purely because I wanted people to understand exponential thought processes and how you can do that. No, it definitely reminds me of a book that I'm listening to right now. Simon Sinek just released his new book, The Infinite Game, mm -hmm. and it is phenomenal. I think I'm somewhere in chapter eight right now. I love it. Do you, like, and I noticed this throughout your, throughout my research about you, you talk about culture and how important that is, but you have a franchise. So you don't have, you know, that much, you know, micromanagement or control of everything. So how do you implement that infinite game mindset and that culture throughout all these different countries, all these different locations around the world? Well, 80% of business is systems, okay? 80% of things are done routinely. So it's the same task done over and over and over and over again. And be that something that's done every hour or something that's done every month, it's still systematized. But the the thing that makes a difference between a business with, with systems and a business that's super successful is the human beings. So how you uh, recruit, hire, train, build, coach, mentor, manage, and lead the humans is the distinct difference. And that's part of that is culture. A, a small segment of that is culture. And when you develop the culture for your organization, and every great organization does have a developed culture and a thought through culture. And if people want to see ours, they can jump on actioncoach.com. It's right there and plain black and white and has been now for 25, no, almost 26 years we've been in business. And I sit down and I start looking at, at how you do that building of culture. And a lot of it is through the, the leader's communication. 
And so I use technology to communicate with my people all the time. I'm always in uh, different uh, online mediums to communicate with my people. I'm always, uh, and anyone who follows me on social media knows that every day I get in my car and I record another five minute thing called drive time about how to succeed in life or business and stuff like that. And, but I do the same for my internal team. So I'll get in our internal chat group and uh, in that group, I'll do a five minute video every few days or every week and just keep everyone on focus, keep everyone on task. The leader's job is to remind people of the vision. The leader's job is to remind people of where we're going and why we're going there. You, know, you brought up Simon and Simon wrote a, a great book previous to this one, Start With Why. And, it, and it's interesting that the world is moving to that. We've always operated our businesses on why first. What is our vision? What is our mission? What are we here to achieve over and above money? Money flows is a simple lesson called precession. Okay, and it's not really that simple, but I'll try and make it simple. Precession is is a simple rule of of the world that basically says the result is at 90 degrees to the momentum. So if you drop a stone in a pond, the ripples don't go you know, up or down, they go out type thing. So if, if I am, to give you a simple example of that, if I am wanting to be happy, I don't chase happiness, I do the things that make me happy. It's, it's a different way of thinking. If I want money, I don't chase money, I do the things that create money. Um, and so that's where in business, if we stay focused on why we're doing what we're doing and who we are as people, so your vision, your mission and your culture, why we're doing it and who we are makes certain that we can succeed. So, you know, that, that's sort of a big part of it. But, you know, our business is, we, we've got about 1,100 offices in Action Coach in 80, 81 or 82 countries. I always forget because every day we seems like we add another one. We just started coaching business owners in Russia, which I think is really cool. We coach in uh, three communist countries, uh, Vietnam, China, and Russia now. So I think that's kind of cool to do it that way. And you know, Saudi Arabia, we're coaching entrepreneurialism. We have a, a women's group in Saudi Arabia learning entrepreneurialism, which for me is so cool that we get to break boundaries and stereotypes. So, How's that been going? That sounds awesome. Uh, it is awesome. It's kind of cool. You know, I, I have, I have uh, four daughters and one son. So one of my big missions is to break all of those stereotypes. I want my daughters to just be out there kicking butt. My eldest is going to go to college and become a surgeon. So it's like... Yeah, you go, kid. Go for it. So. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. So just and going back to that success mindset in that young age, it honestly, it's very interesting because this is a little, I don't want to say before technology. I don't want to make you seem old. I was. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell, you how, I'll tell you how old I am. I had one of the first email addresses. It was a numbered email address at CompuServe. You literally got your numbered email address. So, yeah. And we had dial-up. Oh, my God, dial-up. <laughs> you, you literally dialed in, and as soon as they all downloaded, you logged off because it, a, a, you know, it was a long-distance phone call. So, anyway. <laughs> Most of you guys won't even remember. The, the phone used to beep when it was a long-distance phone call, and you'd be like, it's long-distance, quick! And people would run, you know? Now they now trick you and they don't tell you, don't let you yeah, know. Yeah, I know. I accidentally got, like, a $100 phone bill in the mail because I called someone from, like... Oh, it's like somewhere, like somewhere, I think in Australia, my parents were like, what are you doing? <laughs> Who are you talking to? I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's oh, what FaceTime is for. You know? <laughs> anyway. No, it's amazing. Yeah. But, you know, being that young age, 
I'm gonna bet that you know you support your daughters and you support your son so much in life even if they want to be a surgeon maybe like my dad always said Ava if you want to go make wind chimes go make some wind chimes that if that makes you happy go out and live your life making wind chimes but mm. at that young of age you were just different you were different how did that translate <laughs> how did that translate and how did like how'd you become that or how did you how did other people react? I don't know. It's just very interesting being 13, 16 and having that separate mindset. No, look, so I, I remember, well, I'll give you two stories. Uh, 16 years old, went to see Jim Ron, decided I was going to retire by the time I hit 25. So that was it because money, money is not a function of age. Money is a function of what you do and how you learn money and how you can achieve success financially. You don't have to be 50 to achieve success financially. I first literally retired at age 26. You know, I missed it by one year. Oh, whoop-de-doo-dah, I missed my goal by one year. Dang, isn't that awful? Uh, and then I got so bored, I literally started playing golf with my dad. I got so bored. And I'm like, dude, I'm going back to work. This retirement thing is boring as. Um, so anyway, I went back to work and then uh, didn't retire for another uh, 10 years when my daughter was born and I decided to, to, to get out of it. But the reason I mention that story is because this when I was 16 and said I'm going to retire at 25 and I told my friends this and they told their parents this everyone was kind of like that's not possible one of my friends dad literally sat us down he was an engineer for the city he sat us down and told me how that's not possible can't happen I remember every time I bought a new car as I got richer and richer I'd go around and show it to him I remember I got my first Ferrari an F355 Formula One bright yellow pop out the roof I pulled up in front of his house and was revving the engine. He's like, you don't need to keep coming and showing me these. I said, yeah, I do. Because, <laughs> you know, look, there's always going to be people that think youth is the wrong side of success. But here's the crazy thing. I was young enough and naive enough not to know what I couldn't do. And that's where most older people are kind of like, well, you know, no, that's not possible and stuff like that. And that's why you got to hang out with the people who are successful. Don't let people who've given up on their dreams talk you out of yours. You know, the, the most successful people you ever meet will be the ones who say, oh, you want to do that? Fantastic, go do it. Now I'll add something to your father's wind chime story. If it was me saying it to you, you want to go make wind chimes, go make wind chimes. But be the best wind chime maker in the world. Be the best at it. Don't half it. You know, you get one life, right? And, and maybe there's more than one life. I don't know. The greater philosophers than me have debated that for a lot longer than I've been alive, and they still haven't come up with a solution. So if you're going to do something, you get 4,000 weeks. That's your lifetime, right? 4,000 weeks. You get 1,000 of them to be a kid. And so you're just learning how to, you know, tie your shoelaces and go to college and feed yourself and, and do all the stupid shit you got to learn in the first 1,000, right? So take the next thousand weeks to learn and understand finances, learn and understand money, understand, just learn about life, learn relationships, learn managing anything. You know, uh, two of my kids are twins. When we first had twins, first thing I did, jump on it. Well, I first found out after the shock of it, I jumped on Amazon and ordered half a dozen books on how to raise twins. I'm like, I've never learned how to raise twins. I better learn this. I'm going to be a parent. I better read half a dozen books on how to be a parent. Sign up for a blog or two and stuff. You know, the, the formula for success, I'll give you two success formulas today. One is dream, goal, learn, plan, act. Okay. Dreams times goals times learning times plans times action equals success. So you start with your dreams. Dreams have got to be those massive, crazy things 20 years out, 10 years out. And if you know how to achieve it, it's not a dream. 
you got to put dreams down there. Like I said to people, what color helicopter do you want? And people are like, well, I don't want a helicopter. Yeah, you will. You Once you go in them, you will. Going to the football and the basketball and a helicopter is much more fun than going in a car. It's, you know, so those sorts of things. But you got to dream. W. Somerset Maugham put that best when he said, nothing if not at first a dream. You know, dream massive, dream of amazing things. And that was the greatest thing about being young, going into business for myself. I just dreamed massive. You know, I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was. And I, I, I did that. I wanted to have my first million. I want to make a million in a day. And I did that. And it's like, damn, this is fun. But because I set massive, crazy goals, it's, I always say to you, if your dreams don't scare the heck out of you, then they're not big enough. If people don't laugh at your dreams and goals, they're not big enough. If people say to you, oh, you can't possibly do that. Now, turn your dreams into goals. Inside five years, you got to make it a goal, okay? What is the goal? Give it a SMART test, specific, measurable, achievable, results-oriented with a time frame. That's the SMART test, all right? Now, once you set the goals, you set goals for two reasons. One is direction, so you know where you're going, okay? You know what you're aiming for. The second reason you set goals is to work out what you need to learn, okay? Because once you set a goal in place, you say, okay, I want a goal of making a million bucks. All right, great. I want a goal of running a marathon. Fantastic. I want a goal of, of climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Fantastic, all right? Once you've set the goal, now you need to do the learning. Because here's an interesting thing. Avi, have you ever done this? You've set a massive goal. You've told someone and they said, you can't do that. Okay, they were right. Now, the reason they were right is because the person you were when you set the goal couldn't achieve the goal. But the person you are becoming, the person you are growing into, 100% will knock that goal out of the park. But there's no use setting a goal if you don't then set the learning that comes in play with the goal. So dream first, goal second, then do the learning. From the learning, then you write the plan. Now, this is where a lot of young people get bored. They're like, what do you mean write the plan? Well, pretty simple. You want a small business? Don't write a plan. You want a big business? Write a plan. You want a small life? Don't write a plan. You want a big life? Write a plan. It just works that way. One of my other companies, uh, Bucket List Life Planning, look up Travis Bell. In fact, you should get Travis on your, on your podcast, David. Travis Bell, the bucket list guy. He's, I, him and I have a business teaching people how to build their life plan. You know, what is your life plan? That's, if you don't have a life plan, what do you end up with? You just end up living the life. I always, I forget when it was, but as a young man, someone said to me, listen, if you don't, if you don't follow your own dreams, you end up being paid for work for someone who does. So you can, you can pick it. So dream, goal, learn, plan, action. Once you've done the plan, then you go to work. So if you, don't have a, if you don't have a written plan, don't go to work yet, okay? Learn enough to write a plan. What is your life plan? Wow, definitely something to ponder on until part two of this interview, which comes out tomorrow. Be sure to stay tuned for Brad's formula for success, business and personal, his advice to new investors, and his lessons on how to gain financial success.